Chapter 19. Ikea. So is taking a girl to Ikea considered a date? Linda asked me as we drove there. Ikea is this weird Swedish furniture store that somehow has managed to invade the American retail space. It sells not prefabricated furniture, but unfabricated furniture. You've got to somehow manage to assemble this stuff yourself from the cryptic instructions that are included. The cost savings are then transferred to you, along with a Swedish migraine. Anyone with a New England sense of style shunned the place, but I was perfectly happy with it. I also was happy that I could now replace my broke college student milk crate chic with Scandinavian particle board. I don't know. I think we've entered a gray area, I told Linda. I think we're more or less hanging out now on a regular basis versus strictly dating. I considered what I had just said for a moment, then continued, even though I said to you, hey, do you want to go to Ikea with me? Then I guess I'm a cheap date, she said with a laugh as she watched some passing cars. I said, hey, play your cards right and you'll get a dinner out of this. You're not talking about the meatballs, are you? Oh, yeah, I said in my authoritative film trailer voice. Get ready for meatballs. Apparently, one of the big attractions of going to Ikea was having a good old heaping plate of Swedish meatballs in their industrial-style cafeteria. Are the Swedes obsessed with their meatballs? Who knows? As an American, I know there are three things that come from Sweden. Ikea, meatballs, and ABBA. I got to experience two out of the three today. Did you get any word back from Gary Easton? Not yet. I sent an email to Victoria telling what we saw. I told her I needed to speak to Gary as soon as possible. Linda checked out my painting, still sitting on my back seat. What do you think happened to the rest of your paintings? I don't know, but I'm certainly going to find out. I pulled into the parking lot of the giant blue and yellow Ikea building and parked in the garage. People were swarming all over the place, balancing multiple boxes on roller carts and trying to get their stuff into their cars. We went inside and headed towards the escalator, where I was almost bowled over by a fat, middle-aged woman struggling with an overlaid shopping cart. Once upstairs, we made it to the sanctuary of the store map kiosk, outside the barrage of humanity that was in there. I pointed towards the middle of the showroom map. I said, I guess I'm looking for living room storage. I could use something with drawers and maybe a shelving unit. The store was literally laid out like a giant rat maze. The map showed, with a curving dashed line, the only way to escape from this labyrinth. With a vague sense of direction, we joined everyone else on their furnishings pilgrimage. We passed through multiple household dioramas of clean, modern furniture, all labeled with a tag that displayed its peculiar Swedish name. After checking out a living room set, Linda turned to me and said, I'll take an Ektorp on top of a Randerop next to a Svalsta with an Alvingen on top of it along with a Vitzjo. What she said was Ikea for, I'll take a love seat on top of a rug next to an end table with a lamp along with a laptop stand. I asked her in feigned amazement, You mean you didn't want some shindlings too? Why they don't put an English description first is puzzling, but I guess that's the whole charm of coming here. Well, obviously I want some singlings, assented Candle. Once I found the perfect smorble, a duvet cover. My phone dinged in my pocket and I checked to see who texted me. I said, holy crap, it's Victoria. I sat down on a white Tim's form, a love seat. Victoria, colon. I have Gary with me. Can we do a video chat? Question mark. I called up Victoria's number and initiated a video call. The phone rang and I saw Victoria's face appear on the screen. 
Linda sat down next to me and watched the little screen in my hands. Gavin, I got your email. Gary is here with me. I'm going to hand my phone to him. I saw a quick view of some ceiling tiles, and Gary's face snapped into view. Hey, guy, I'm here with my lawyer, Tom. The camera panned over slightly to a middle-aged man sitting next to him. Hi, Gavin. Gary's face reappeared. So we understand that you witnessed something on a property you want to discuss with us. I said, yeah. I could feel myself starting to grip the phone tighter. I said, I found two guys burning a bunch of paintings in your incinerator at the loading dock. They're about to throw my painting into the fire. What were you doing on our property after hours? Shit. I needed a bullshit excuse. The only thing I could come up with was, I wanted to show my girlfriend where I worked, I said. Some guys let us in. What guys? Look, I found these guys trying to burn my painting. Why were they doing that? A look of concern came over Gary's face. Gavin, didn't you get paid for your work that week? Technically, that was my painting, was it not? Well, yeah. I didn't think the quality of your work was satisfactory this week. Well, you paid for it. Tom took the phone from Gary. Can I remind you, Gavin, that you signed an exclusive personal services contract with Mr. Eastman. You have no property interest in that artwork once the terms of the contract are met. Well, why did he have to burn it? Couldn't you guys just put it in a vault somewhere? Gary's face reappeared. Again, I don't think the quality of your work was satisfactory. As I said, I'm invested in your future results. But I saw a ton of paintings getting trashed that night. I have a lot of artists under consignment, Gavin. As I've mentioned to you, I've hedged my bets. I glanced at Linda. She couldn't believe what she was hearing either. I adjusted the framing on my face and propped the phone up on my knee. I said, Do these artists even know that you're destroying their artwork? Tom's face reappeared again. It's his exclusive property, Gavin. He can do anything he wants. I thought for a moment and hit him with, I found the secret art room. Slightly exasperated, Gary said, What secret art room is that? You have a room full of artists copying other paintings. I saw it. You have some kind of forgery ring set up. Tom's face quickly appeared on the screen. I need to remind you, Gavin, that you also signed a non-disclosure agreement. Any mention of anything you see on the grounds of this company can result in civil penalties. Gavin, why would I need to forge artwork when I could buy an original? Well, why do you have all those painters working for you? There's a market for lower-quality originals off-the-rack stuff. I've got an entire plant in the Philippines making hundreds of originals to sell to the Chinese market. They're not forgeries, if they're all mine. If you're not inspired to create your own work, I can just put you on staff at a much reduced rate. Exasperated, I replied with the most logical answer I could think of. Look, can't you just give me back my artwork instead of burning it? Sure, I could do that for a 10% profit. Pay me 1650 bucks, and I'll sell you your artwork back. I winced, then said, I've got to buy my own artwork back to keep it from being destroyed? I'm a businessman, Gavin. If the demand for a single product is a single person, then there's a profit to be made. you got to be kidding me. You're holding anything I create for ransom? A couple standing next to a Fockleby or a Mockleby table or whatever the hell it was called were staring at us. Linda squeezed my arm to remind me to keep it together. Tom's stupid head appeared again on my screen. I need to remind you that you signed an exclusive contract with Gary. Anything? I cut him off. Yeah, yeah, fine. I took a deep breath, then said, Okay, then I won't paint. Tom continued. Any money is contingent on the delivery of a painting to the specifications of the contract. 
In short, if you don't paint, you won't get paid. God damn it. I felt like taking an Arv Brawl up a cake stand and flinging it against a Calyx, a bunch of shelves. Gavin, I'm paying you to be a painter. If you want to stop painting, I can't force you to create. I'm not losing any money if you don't deliver. But if you have a better arrangement, say in retail sales, and would like to pursue that, feel free. Retail sales. You really know how to kick a guy when he was down. I asked him, what happened to all my other paintings I delivered? Tom quickly swiveled the phone towards him. Mr. Eastman doesn't have to answer that. Gary reverted back to his impersonal, professional voice. It was nice speaking with you, Gavin. I hope you want to continue our arrangement. I'm looking forward to seeing more of your work in the future. But in the meantime, I said, We'll see how things develop. The contract still stands. And also, please return my latest painting. The one that I saved from going into the fire. I paid for it. It's my property. Gary handed the phone back to Victoria, whose face appeared for an instant. Then the connection dropped without any goodbyes. I tapped my index finger on my phone while I stared at it in silence. I was having a hard time comprehending what had just transpired. Linda had been leaning on my shoulder the whole time. She looked at me with a concerned expression. I looked down, pinched the corner of the cushion I was sitting on, and flippantly said, So what do you think of this love seat? What do you want to do? I stood up and said, What the hell? Let's go get some meatballs. <laughs> 